Good evening and welcome to another edition of Harmonics. Today I have a fabulous group of people who are heavyweights in my mind. On the local scene from Love Planet, I have Nicole Sutton and Mark McGee. Welcome. Thank you so much. It is such a Thank pleasure so to much. see both of you here today. I can't, Really, to tell you the truth, you're electrifying the both of you. I've watched you on your videos and you're outstanding. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, let's let's get right into some of the questions here. Um, what got you? I'm going to go to Mark first. Sure. Mark, what got you started into playing music, and at what age did you really got into that? Um, you know, probably with the guitar. Probably when I was about ten. Um, was always toying with the AM radio in the house, and uh, my brother Kevin had an acoustic in the house, and so every now and then he would catch me with it, and. Uh, Eventually, he showed me a few chords, and then uh, someone showed me a picture of Kiss. And then I realized, oh, you can do that, too. So um, I just liked the whole superhero thing that they had going on. Yes. You know? And at that age, it was very impressionable. So that's when I realized I wanted to be in a band. Um, but yeah, it's just been uh, my main thing <laughs> forever. So Nicole, how about yourself? I started young, um, when they still actually had music in schools. Um, I grew up in Detroit and um, started playing violin, I think, in the first grade. And um, kept playing, I think, till about fifth grade and then moved to a, a different school district and they didn't teach the violin, so I switched to clarinet and drums. And But I picked up my first guitar probably when I was about 12, 11 or 12 as well. Mm -hmm. And just at a local music store, so, you know. It's been it's been all about music, but the instrumentation has kind of changed. Kind of moved around a little yeah. bit. You went from strings of violins, and then you went to guitar. But so you're still in that family, mm -hmm. and you are today. You know, uh, Mark, who is I'm going to ask you both because it's, it's simultaneous. Who who was your early influences when you first? You said Kiss. Who else kind of motivated you to to move into music as a guitarist? Yeah, you know, for for me, the Kiss thing was more about how much you can do with being a musician. Um, but um, so many players, um, you know, early on it was uh, 70s rock, you know, ACDC, Aerosmith, Zeppelin, uh, Rush, Pink Floyd, you know, Richie Blackmore, uh, Michael Shanker. <laughs> um, I mean, the list goes on for, you got a couple hours? Yes. Steve Lukather's big, Steve Morris. Um, but, you know, as, I, as I've gotten older, I'm, I'm more influenced on guitar by singers. You know, the melodicness of yeah, the voices. Yeah, I, I love the human voice. So when I find a singer that moves me, then I find that that inspires my overall musicality, especially my guitar too. Because when I when I strike a note, I want it to sing. I want it to have an extra tonality to it. You know, it's not all. Uh, it's not always about speed, is it anymore? It's about no. the the melody of it. And yeah. you have such a great, great voice right here. Nicole, what, what, what influenced you? What was your first influences? My first influences I, when I was really young, I think, were um, K-1. 
Kenny Rogers. That's fun. Dolly, Dolly Parton. Um, and then, you know, as I got a little bit older, I think I was first, like, really affected by REO Speedwagon and Journey and Prince and in that era. And then my first, like, boy band crush was Duran Duran. I was just a huge <laughs> Duran-y. I didn't get into the, um, I didn't have older, older brothers and sisters to kind of turn me on to a lot of music, so I had to kind of find it on my own. But then it was in high school where, you know, all of the Doors and the Grateful Dead and the Led Zeppelins and where I really got into that psychedelic swirl. You of, were really opening the doors with that. Of, you know? of music, Not to mention, yeah. you know, probably listening to Motown on the radio. Well, it? I grew up in Detroit, so it was 70s rock and Motown is what was yeah. just always in the in the background. In the atmosphere you know? of your... Always. That's interesting, you're from Detroit, and especially that whole, you know, uh, you know, Hitsville, mm -hmm. Detroit, and pff, My Girl, et cetera. And, and I just love that. Um, actually, we, we play... Uh, a couple of Motown tunes now because it's just as as time goes on I love that music more than ever and I love to sing it Excellent. it's really really fun to sing it well so. I'd like to hear you guys do that one day yeah. um, you have influence today is there anybody that influences you today uh, obviously you have your own style right now but is there anybody that you look at and say Maybe we could take, you know, because we're all a little bit of takers. What do they know? say? Good ones borrow and great ones steal. Right. And we steal. So tell me, is there anybody that kind of just brings you to to the to the media or something that that you like? You know, out of new artists, there's there's a few. Keen, I like him. I like his voice. I like his songwriting. Band of Horses. Carolina Liars, cool. Mm -hmm. um, we love Nickelback, too. I love too. Nickelback. Yeah, I know a lot of people <laughs> slam them because they're so mainstream now. I love like Miranda Chad's words Lambert. are just amazing. I think she's amazing. Some of that country music is just really hitting, striking a chord as well. Mm -hmm. Mike Stern. Mm. Yes, indeed. He's probably the guitar player that I've been into as far as guitar players go. And you're such a fabulous guitar player, which is going to lead me right into this next question. Tell me a little bit about your association with uh, Greg Allman. Greg and I got connected back in uh, 95. You know, I'm from Alameda originally, and uh, actually I'll preface this with a quick sure. story. When I was about 15 in my first band, um, there was a newspaper that just started called the Alameda Journal, and we got asked to be featured in it in the first issue. So I was excited to see it. I opened it up, and there's the article. Okay, cool. And then I look on the next page, and there's this bigger article about this band, the Alameda All-Stars. So years and years later, I would become friends with these guys, start mm -hmm. doing some gigs with them. And at that time, they were members of Greg's band, some of them. Mm -hmm. So when an audition came up, that's how I got into mm -hmm. that. And uh, honestly, I felt that maybe it was just gonna be an audition mm -hmm. um, because I have so much rock influence and not mm -hmm. as much blues. Mm -hmm. um, but it ended up being 10 years of my life and mm -hmm. a really great time and, you know, just a whole different education, going from the Vicious Rumors travels through different musical scenes. Now with Greg, you know, we're, we're traveling through the South and the venues are completely different venues. The audiences are totally different. And uh, just, you know, it was a great education. The whole history of the blues and different types of blues and really pushed me into playing slide guitar a lot. I was going to say, you turned out to be an amazing slide guitar mm -hmm. player. It's funny because I do session work and a lot of the sessions I get called for isn't to do the 
the shred thing is to do the slide guitar slide. work. So yeah, you're exceptional. I can see you and Ron Thompson doing a thing. Let me sing a song with you guys on that. You guys are here. Let's do it. Let's do it. You're watching, Ron. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, Ron. You heard that. Um, I love your name, Love Planet. Tell me what what is what. Let me ask Nicole. What what? Who came up with that? I so wish we had this like great story about the name because, mm -hmm. you know, being in a band, the hardest thing I think to do is come up with a name. Mm -hmm. um, all the good ones seem to have been taken. <laughs> but um, for us, we literally just decided to take, um, to write down on pieces of paper things that we felt were really important and pull a couple out of a hat and stick them together. And we literally pulled out love and planet, and that it's was that it. Simple. So now I feel like it was <clears throat> that it was a gift, you know, mm -hmm. it was given to us. But um, the name has been more controversial than I ever think, imagined yeah. it would have been. And why is that? Give me an example. People, the, the, a lot of the response in the beginning was like, love planet, give me a break. And I think it's people's <laughs> resistance. What planet are you on? A lot of that. Really? Yeah. Really? yeah. So it was just a, a, in a, a big time resistance to love, which mm -hmm. we see that, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, now, Eight years later, yeah. it seems we like the more the world is sort of comments. coming back around and, and realizing more and more that that's it's all about need. love and that's what we need. Yes. But, you know, so, the other thing is with all great bands, it's the music that makes the name. Yes. I mean, you think of Led Zeppelin or Aerosmith. Mm -hmm. Like, what is that? You know, Porcupine tree. You associate that great music to those names, <laughs> and then the name becomes cool. Yeah, you know? yeah. It is. It, you can relate to. You know when Zeppelin's on, or you, they have that right. sound. Now you've been together. The band has been together for eight years, or this particular. Or you? Or we you, met before that, but but basically we started making records. Our first record was released in two thousand three. So, so ten years. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the and the same players that you have the same. Well, in the beginning, Nicole and I, um, actually, we met in a recording studio. I was hired by her friend, mm -hmm. I didn't know her, um, to come in as a session guy and do some slide guitar for her song. And that's how we met, and we just hit it off as people and had a lot in common with our musical tastes. And that kind of relationship went on for a couple of years with just music, and we were also working with Stu Hamm and Jeff Campitelli for Stu. about a year. They were on the original record. Mm -hmm. so. And, um, so the first record, that's our rhythm section. And... Um, but after that, you know, it was it was really kind of always understood that it was it was more in a project phase at that point. Mm -hmm. So once the record was done, they came got busy with Joe, mm -hmm. and um, we had to find Satch. the band, yeah, mm -hmm. Mr. Satch. So we ended up auditioning quite a few drummers to start, and that was kind of a nightmare. Um, in the end, we went back into our history and we found our dear brothers Scott McKenzie on drums and Tommy Cisco on bass. Mm -hmm. Scott I had worked with in Star Castle, and Tommy I had worked with in Vicious Rumors. And, uh, that's been the band. That's the band for the last three records, and still the band today. Well, then I'm, I'm going to throw a name at you just for Alameda's sake, because yeah. he's a good friend of mine also. I just seen him a couple months ago, and he's, he's going to be coming on the show, uh, Tommy Sprayberry. Oh, nice. yeah. Tommy Sprayberry was a great guitar player. Exactly. I mean, a great bassist before Absolutely. he had his accent. Tommy, we love you. We love do. you. Spray. We love you. He's our brother. 
I used know? to do gigs with him when I was about 15. Mm -hmm. He was in Griffin and I was in Overdrive and we used to play the Metal Mondays at the old Waldorf. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, we love Spray. He's no, he's, he's a great guy. And we'll do, after the show, we'll talk right. about Tommy a little bit. <laughs> Tommy says a great guy. You know, the music industry has changed so much. We have Facebook, we have YouTube. How has that affected you guys? And I'm going to direct that at you first, Nicole, and then I'll go to Mark. How does how has that changed your guys' way of presenting yourself, you know, Facebook and, and YouTube? And I think it's definitely allowed us and everyone to uh, affect more people on a broader level. Um, I think that the trick and the key with it is to try to still keep it somewhat personal. Mm -hmm. I, I know people who have Facebook pages and and you know that there's somebody else working the page. You never really get a, mm. a response back or things like right. that. I love the grassroots idea of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's really fantastic when you can, you know, feel like you might have gotten a response or they might have seen what you said or something like mm -hmm. that. So I think it's great. The social media thing is great, but I still think the most important thing is the live Live the live performance, the interaction between the listener and the the people making the music, and what that creates, um, yeah. is is something that I I don't want to ever see get lost. You know, and yeah. then you answered really good the um, the situation about um, YouTube and Facebook, and now I'm going to ask you the question about live performances. How do you get up? for a live performance because that is um, so paramount to any artist who plays live. How do you guys together get up for a show? You know, we, we just try to show each other a lot of respect <laughs> throughout <laughs> the day, or the gig especially. But, you know, we're, um, we, we're really lucky. We talk about it amongst ourselves, how grateful we are. The fact that we have four people that love to do this. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, everybody's deserves the same amount of respect. It doesn't matter if you're the songwriter or um, another player in the band that's not the songwriter. It's, it's, it's a family. It's a unit. And, um, you know, for us, we don't do anything too, you know, we don't, like, pray to Buddha or anything before we go on. But we do sometimes, we always get in a circle, you know, about five minutes before the gig when it's just us, mm -hmm. just our energy, our space, mm -hmm. and say our little prayer. You there know? you go. And, um, but yeah, the, what she was saying, the excitement of the live performance, the energy in the room, you know. Oh my God, the girl just fell off the bar, you know. I mean, all that stuff adds to the exactly. memory and, you know, experience of the show. And you just can't get that from a, a video post. Or the other thing about social networks, which is great, um, is there's all sorts of people you don't know that are giving you exposure by posting clips and pictures. Yes. Sometimes you wish they didn't post that particular picture. <laughs> so there's drawbacks that way. You know, I mean, like when I was coming up, you know, in the 70s when I was a kid, there was, you know, there was Cream Magazine, Hit Parader, and that's where you went to find out the new group. And what they looked like. You saw the one 8x10 promo picture, mm -hmm. and that's all you had. Mm -hmm. There was no other pictures released until after they played the local venue. Mm -hmm. You know, so it was all that mysterious, mm -hmm. mystique, you know, and... That's kind of gone, so, you know, just go see changed. live music. Like you said, it's, yeah. it's completely changed. It's changed. Um, the both of you are very dynamic on stage. How long, when you guys play, do you guys do a 45-minute set, an hour set, 75 minutes? What is your, 
what is what is your space in time when you guys go on? Is it is it well? It depends, sort of, if we're playing with another act. If we're opening a show, mm -hmm. usually it's about forty-five minutes, and we just an come out and just knock it, knock mm -hmm. it out. Mm -hmm. um, we have enough material to play four hours straight if mm -hmm. if anybody wanted us to. <laughs> with only three covers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like doing the full show um, because we can really touch on all of the nuances of what we do. Mm -hmm. um, we definitely have a very jammy uh, side to us, a very improvisational side to us, and then we have a very high energy pop side to us, and then a straight up rock side mm -hmm. to us. So mm -hmm. we, we when we do a full show, we like to have a section in the show where everybody comes out from behind their instruments and we just have a guitar and maybe one little drum mm -hmm. and we just sing and we play. Um, so, you know, kind of just broaden. That's, that's a great thing. Yeah, yeah, the headlining set is nice because you have more time to really take the audience on a journey, mm -hmm. you know. And like she mentioned, we have songs that are more... Um, you know, one common thread in our music is the vocal harmonies mm -hmm. and kind of some kind of hooky pop element. Mm -hmm. um, all of us love bands like the Beatles and, you know, anything that's BGs. like a, a great tune, you know. Sure. But we also all love, you know, bands like Yes and King Crimson. Yes. We love Judas Priest and Black Sabbath. We love, you know, the classic rock and mm -hmm. we love, you know, pretty much everything. So. Mm -hmm. We're the type of band where any kind of song is welcome. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want to be a one-trick pony mm -hmm. and I think the people who are miffed by us initially are probably miffed because they're trying to put us in just one thing but we're not really one thing mm -hmm. you know you're, so. you're many things mm -hmm. and, and to me that's what the great rock and roll groups were Amen the Zeppelin and the Stones I mean you put on a record you got a blues song right into a country song right into look Hornets, at Neil Young you know? I mean Neil Young, there you go. Another. still things will come up that are Neil Young and we're like mm -hmm. this this is Neil, mm -hmm. you know.